Hello and welcome to Running Inside Out Podcast. Wow, see, I'm not even good at this. I'm, I'm staring into the eyes of Mike. Okay, hello and welcome to Running Inside Out Podcast, where we talk about the races we ran in, the races we're not in, and getting outside to see what's going on inside the Rochester running scene. In this episode, the Earth has made a, another rotation around the sun and so as the days turn it's time for mike weldon to come back into the studio we didn't think it was going to happen either folks but so mike and i are gonna wax rhapsodic for a while i don't know where this thing's gonna go he's gonna drive the bus one more thing folks uh just like every other weldon episode just remember this one's gonna have a little bit of saucy language in it so if you don't want the little ones to hear it or you don't like to hear it yourselves, um, maybe you might either want to sit this one out or uh, I don't know. Um, but you like you can't you can't edit them. You can only hope to contain them. So uh, with that, let's get into the trails, training, food, friends, and yes, even feelings of runners just like you. <laughs> Hey. How many times have you done that live? <laughs> Is that the first? Uh, no, I've done it about, I don't know, 10 maybe. But I don't know, something about staring staring into your eyes threw me off my game. Yeah. Also, probably it, it's, it be been, it's been five weeks since I recorded an episode. Yeah. So. I'm, um, yeah, I'm getting the used to the like one headphone on and oh, off. Yeah. I remember this from last time we met. Yeah. Which was 366 days ago. Yeah. Right now. Pretty good. And right? I think prior to that it was about the same. Mm-hmm. So it's like a annual fucking Yeah, is the yeah. I mean we got to check in, right? We got to check in. It's good. If I we don't. successfully get around orbit again, we need to celebrate. Yeah. I'm not uh overstaying my welcome at this point. I feel like the first couple of years you were doing this I might have been too frequent. No, no. But. See, that's the thing. You were it was never the Mike Weldon thing though, right? That was what was happening was Mike Weldon was at all these things, right? Yeah. We ran with Hobbs at right that's true. I was like a side at, effect um, of everybody else's right. problems. Other people's issues. Yeah. And so you're just kinda you're there to annotate for them when they when they can't find the words. Yeah, when someone needs someone to say something fucking stupid. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't... Um, why were we doing this? I uh, I reached out to you again. This is Yeah, I mean, you don't call Mike Weldon. Mike Weldon calls you. The second time now <laughs> where I was like, let's record, and I don't know what we're going to talk about. Well, I mean, we can start with talking about running, and inevitably that goes Yeah, somewhere. do you still talk about running? I. That's oh. all I do. <laughs> I don't... I had a, a th- so Natalie went out of town, and mm-hmm. when the cats away, the mice will play type of thing. I, um, I was standing in line at Wegmans. This has nothing to do with running, but it's been bothering me all day. Uh, and you know, when you stand in line at the grocery store for too long, and uh, things are there, and you're like, oh, I'll buy that. Oh so no, like, the impulse. Yeah, it got me. Yeah, so I got a diet Dr Pepper. Oh, yeah, it's really it tastes like real Dr. It's fucking Pepper. weird. Yeah, it was disgusting. Anyways. Uh, and I was dry. I opened it and I took a sip, and it was, I swear to fucking God, it was A and W root beer with a Diet Dr Pepper label. I'm so convinced that I went and bought a second Diet Dr Pepper from a different vendor, totally different beverage. 
Did you, what about buying an A&W root beer? No, that would have made way too much sense now that you meant, I hadn't thought about it. <laughs> but I, w- I was perplexed by this. I was more miffed that I actually bought one. Uh, it's been like 15 years and I don't. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just want something carbonated with yeah. like artificial coloring in it. Uh, yeah. But anyway, yes, I was going to. You don't even really drink much pop at aid no, stations during races. Yeah, late, that's been a thing lately. Let's tie that to running. Uh, like many on the Jenny. Yeah. It's fueled by Mountain Dew. I was. The, wow. Yeah, so I didn't drink coffee before the race, and I was getting like sleepy. Um, slept like shit the night before because I had like a influenza or something. Um, and yeah, so Mountain Dew was nice, like sugar, caffeine, not too. Food base heavy, mm-hmm. um, so that, yeah, that was a kind of a first. Uh, and just straight, straight sugar. That's all. Straight you up sugar. And I had I filled the uh, I had the the running with a vest. I don't know if you do that anymore. With like, do people do that still? Or people I, still do it. I mean, if I had any occasion to feel like I might be gone for longer than an hour, I might do it. <laughs> Yeah, like I, uh, so I bought the skin lab vest back in like 2012 when Killian. You've you've never liked them. No, I thought it was stupid. It was like the best way to feel like I was friends with Killian Jornet. It was like, Mm -hmm. uh, I'll just buy the vest that, like, you know, he marketed. Yeah, yeah, like they need my money. And then, like, six years later, like the zippers were fucking rusted. I still can't open the pockets on the thing. They're probably tailwind and salt. Crusted. No, like I so I put it in my basement for like five years and it flooded, <laughs> and the zippers like permanently closed, and then uh, I left a cliff bar in the pocket and a mouse like ate through the pocket. You know what? I I my uh, my dog ate through a pocket to get at a gel wrapper in my UD vest. Yeah, it's, so yeah, but so that's a real thing and just uh, keep going. <laughs> Are, you, are we doing video? No. We do just, pictures. You're just doing pictures. This is everybody. This has changed <laughs> dramatically in the last fucking 12 months. Okay. Uh, there's fucking footage. Throw for a loop. Yeah. Uh, I do, the, I yeah. do the opening live and make you sit there uncomfortably picking at your nails. And then I distract myself. Yeah. But, so, I mean, we're good now. We're, we're good. good. Yeah, I mean, right everything now. else is going to be the same. The oh, wrong. no, we do this thing called an after show where we end the show. We keep talking. like. And then you, like, put. Yeah, and then, like, we, we that goes out separately now. Oh, so that's okay. also different. Yeah. Cool. I'm an innovator. There's a lot of things I got to get Been watching to. a lot of Gany, Gary Vanyarchuk videos, you know. I know how to do things differently. So, anyways. All right. Uh, Mountain Dew at Many on the Jenny. Yeah, should we? What should we? Leave? So a lot. Of, I feel like I've done things that were running related, and like we don't need to talk about me. Uh, pacing. I paced Scott Power at the Kentucky thing. Yeah. Uh, and prior to the, like, I went to Asheville for the first time. Yeah. So I ran. Had like a nice eighty something mile week there. Yeah, but you also Mount did Mitchell. what six forty seven at Many on the Jenny. Yeah, it was like uh, that was Many on the Jenny was noteworthy because it was the first time. Anyone like forced me to run hard at the end? Yeah. But I'll, like usually, I'm just alone because everybody passed me, or <laughs> <laughs> alone because I got lucky and uh, or got lost. Or got lost, yeah. And uh, Chris Thompson um, caught me. There's like a sign. You've not done many with the journey. Have oh, you? I've done, yeah. 
Did you do? I did the first year. You did yeah. the first year, and okay. I've run that whole trail damn good. Most people, yeah, everybody's done it except for me. I'm fucking stu- like I tried it a couple times with Hobbs and then with Dobbin and yeah, you know. I mean, you're good now. We're good now. Yeah, so I uh, the FLT section I finally did. So then there's like a sign. Um, I guess it would be a mile from the finish because it says one mile to go, and uh, so I get past that and I'm feeling good. Like I. I stopped a few times once to pee and to see if, like... So I'd been in a, a group with Ellie and Jason Mintz and Chris Thompson for hours and then uh, separated from them and put, like, I think, like, a five-minute gap on Chris. And uh, I don't know about Ellie and Jason, but I was I had what felt like a comfortable lead. And I stopped, and I, like, peed, and I would, like, look across one of the... Uh, gullies just where you could see like a lot of the course and nobody was there so I was comfortable and moving well and I passed that sign and it was, it's like super flat from there it's like mm-hmm. the easiest yeah. trail you'll ever run yeah the last two miles and you come so you're talking about Letchworth State Park you're running essentially what is the damn good trail on which I've not back, done yet right? but now yeah, I should I can't believe you've never done damn good yeah I, and I like like yeah. everybody that's been affiliated with it it's yeah. fucking awesome yeah. uh, and that's where you get if you run slow enough you get to see Phil Nesbitt running back down the trail towards you usually around mile eight nine ish and all all is radiating glory yeah I got upset um, I kept hearing a like aid station to aid station I was just checking to see if he had taken his shirt off yet yeah, and it was always just no. He's like slowly unzipping it as he goes. Yeah, and uh, how are my levels? You're pretty good now. Okay, sometimes yeah. Chris leans in and uh, puts my <laughs> microphone in front of my face. Uh, so yeah, and that and um, so I, I'd been running hard trying to catch Phil Nesbitt, and uh, they like the motivation just wasn't there. They told me that he was still clothed, and uh, <laughs> I was like, well, I'll just settle for. The five spot. Um, anyways, so yeah, there's I'm, I'm probably like three quarters to go, and fucking Compson goes like full like educated runner, sneaks up on me and he turned his headlamp blows off. the fa- yeah it was like the <laughs> equivalent of that like ninja fucking I ne- I didn't hear a step not a step and he's got this like uh, mechanical little perfect runner form so mm. I shouldn't hear a step but anyway yeah he. I sharted when he went by me and jumped, like, two feet to the side. And then I was like, you know, you don't have communication skills anymore. And it'd be useful to just use your words and be like, hey, bud, let's, uh, let's like, run it in together. Yeah. Because he's a, he's a good sport, good yeah. sportsman. He's a teacher of kids, mm-hmm. coach of, of the youth, um, representative of good sportsmanship. So I start running, like, as hard as I fucking can, uh, just instinctively. I was, well, it's a race. I was fried. It's a race, and I was, like, grinding pretty hard all day, feeling like shit for the whole week before that. I was like, cool, things are going well. And then, yeah, so he turns it on, and then we're, like, awkwardly, like, outkicking each other, as though, you know, two people that went into their finishing kick a mile from the finish line. And, we're, and I've got, like, my two liter bladder on my back and he's got two on the chest pockets and then like we're i think i think we were like at a point where we were pretty much gassed to the point where we we're certainly going to finish together and you come out of the woods as you know i did not know clearly 
you come out of the woods, there's like a parking lot mm -hmm. and a bunch of people cheering. Cheering harder because there's two people trying to outkick each other after 40 miles, which is exciting. And uh, and then you turn right. Yeah, and, and you, then don't, you don't see the finish. You can't see shit. I, I didn't see a fucking thing. And I just see Natalie, and she's, like, going nuts, yelling. She's like, oh, yeah. And then so my instinct was to run towards her in a straight line. That's and so, Chris's that's always been your instinct. Yeah, Chris's instinct was to run the course and uh, go to the finish. And uh, it was only, like, four or five steps but in that time we were like running like 5 30 pace or something so in that time he was just gone and i just was like oh jesus i walked it in i was he was like no man let's finish together and i was like you know i used some profanity not towards him towards more towards myself and towards the situation uh but more just like he didn't make a critical critical mistake and he deserves the uh the five spot for that so whatever sixth place i'll live that's pretty good. Yeah, and I think it was a, like a pretty good field up front. Milowski's having a mm -hmm. a really good year. Uh, I don't know Brett Long. Brett but Long, yeah. Yeah, I hear he's local. Everybody seems to know him except for me. I don't know that he's local. Yeah, Bert, uh, Bertrand, I think, said he lived around here. And his ultra sign-up, he said Johnson City, Tennessee. Yeah. It was like all capitalized, so I thought it was just like a joke reference to the mm. song, mm. Um, you know, that Wagon Wheel song. Because oh, no. how the fuck did anyone else hear of Johnson City, Tennessee? And uh, so I thought that was a. I looked at his results and it was like three or four local races. And then yeah, it turns out he meant business. Uh, and it was him and Jason and Jim and some good Josh up front. And then me, Chris, Ellie, and Garrett was with us for a while. Yeah, and and let's talk about that Jason Mintz a little bit. Yeah, he's talking about how he had a a bad day. No, he could, he didn't. He, well, he <laughs> okay, so he did. Yeah, because Jason, I said, like, and Chris agreed that Mintz is probably the best runner there. Like, most races that Jason's in that are, like, local, there's probably not a better pure runner than him. Yeah. But we found Jason, and it was like, uh, you know that Walmsley movie, like, Lost on fucking 89 or whatever? We had that, like, <laughs> we're running the course, and I see this kid walking up out of the gorge, like, dejected, and it was Jason. And there was, he was walking back through a sign that was like, fucking runners don't go here. And he, oh. he just blew right the fuck through it. And he, he said he did like two <clears throat> miles in that direction. And then oh. good spirits. He's with us, runs into the next aid station with me, Ellie, Chris, and Garrett. And he goes like, fuck it, I can still catch that front group, even though they just put 15 minutes on me. Just maybe takes a sip of water and just blasts out of that aid station. And we all chill and eat whatever, yeah. PB&J. And uh, start running again. About ten minutes later, I get onto the course again, and I find Mintz off the course again. Mm. And he, at, I think at that point, it was just like Jesus just Christ. Done. Yeah, you just yeah. lose it at that point. Well, yeah, you had said that he was up front for a little. He bit. was. Yeah, he was killing it. Uh, they were off. running like yeah, six thirties or something. Well, and the course is different this year. And yeah, Eric said there was like three miles of road that used to be trail because yeah. the flood. It was, uh, it was huge floods. Yeah. like legit, like swept away, as you said, Walmsley style. Mm -hmm. um yeah so that's cool though do you know the guy that was behind you um this chris pabian he looks like you i don't know he actually he, yeah he came you might have bumped into him he kept like times. coming up and running with us and then falling back again yeah nice guy though real nice guy yeah, he seems you had 648 yeah wait a minute you were in the parking lot with compson and he got 647 48 and then you got 648 flat. 
So it took you 12 seconds to recover? From no, I was hard walking. Egan actually, he said, he's like, come on, buddy, this way. Like I, mm-hmm. like I was a you know, <laughs> dog that fucking got in trouble or something. Uh, that's about, I think, probably how it looked at everybody watching. I yeah. probably looked like a huge fucking asshole. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> after, after that distance and that day, I feel like I was okay. Hey, after 40 miles, you do what you want. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I feel like it's, it's the first time where I've ever, like, I'm, I'm really excited that Chris, like, got the most out of me that there was to give at the end of it. I've never had that happen, so it was kind of nice. They made you jump a little bit? Yeah, he scared the shit out of me, and then I ran hard. And, like, you don't know how hard you can possibly run. There's this really awesome video of uh, Ian Ridgway and Ben Nephew from, I think it's the first breakneck uh where they're like, and I think Joe has filmed it. I think it's the only way someone could have gotten someone athletic with a camera would have had it on them. Um, but they're like neck and neck coming out of the woods to the finish. And after, like, if you've run breakneck before, there's like no sprint in you typically at the end of that course. But those two are just grinding, dude. They're flying. And it's super exciting to see. And uh, I think instances like that where you're just. Uh, working hard all day and probably a lot of it you're alone and then yeah. suddenly someone's back with you like you know what do you got left in the tank yeah i just found it so we'll put it in there for everybody yeah throw it in the chat it's a it's a cool little video for and especially if you've done breakneck you understand how like impractical <clears throat> it is to f- dig deep and find that i don't think you. i can do breakneck I don't, I don't think their insurance rider would allow me to do it could be yeah you could die it's, <laughs> yeah. but i th- like it's I think there was, like, a couple times there where I was, like, genuinely concerned for my safety. But that's mostly my own, like, stupidity. I, th- it's, I think it's the best race available to us in the area. Mm. And, I th- like, as always, Ian does a spectacular job with it. And all the people that help him are Great just unbelievable. Really in our area, though, would you think? No, I mean, no, maybe I just, like, inaccurately lump it in because it's a Red Newt thing. Yeah. But it's, I think it's an incredible course. And, the you know... The volunteers, the setting, uh, the the people that run it are all spectacular. It's mm-hmm. I couldn't say anything better about it. It's just really great. Um, it's a bit of a journey to get there, but yeah. Then yeah. once you're there, it's you know yeah. it's what four hours away, something like that. Beacon, yeah. There's a yeah. really good burrito joint there too. Uh, nice. Yeah, kind of place you like go and eat and then go back to and eat again you like you ate one like before three or four race, more dinners we should get one more on yeah. the way back on the way back to the race it's like you know uh sir sir you're going to have to leave now they're closing but they have yeah they have like a staircase up the side of it so we would like eat a burrito and then do some repeats up it and then uh that was with mitch and natalie good stuff though cool town uh again just amazing race that i would recommend to anyone looking to really like push fucking but you, push themselves. How much would you say is actual factual running in breakness versus so, versus hand over fist? It's like, really like it's so much more running than you want to think it is. Like I, I thought it was a it was a runnable course with cool elements of scrambling. Mm-hmm. Like enough scrambling to really like give you a feel for something. Like I, when I think of like Manitou's, I've I've only seen parts of the course, but I think if, after like forty eight miles of that, the next ten k would just be a train wreck of like trying to scramble and uh, suffering through that. But breakneck, like I had I had that like allure of this like spectacularly challenging total body workout. But uh, I 
<clears throat> there were a lot of really fast runnable sections that had a blast on the downhills there's some like some good downhills that are probably kind of technical and dangerous but you can still find a way to to open up and um, but the course has also changed a little it changed significantly once and i don't know how much he changed it back to the original course but they i had to, they had to take out actual breakneck point yeah right? the, so the park was closed for like renovations or some shit for a year um but I heard also, like, the course he put together when they moved it to fall last year was also really good. Uh, but anyways, yeah, I, just, I don't think there's a better race for people that are like, you know, I want to try something spectacular mm-hmm. and really get the most out of myself. Yeah, seems seems like Ian can put together races that do that. He does a good job, yeah. You know, even like that, the downhill five, 5K, right? Yeah, the one in Ithaca. Yeah. yeah. You're like, oh, there. it's downhill. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Get to yeah, work then. Yeah, <laughs> I, I haven't done that. I, I went and uh, watched Natalie and Scotty Jacobs do the first year. Yeah. And they're both like there was a 27 di- minutes or something. There was a diaper involved. In yeah, there. Scotty wore a diaper. Yeah. And I had to drive, uh, was it? No, that might have been gorgeous. One of them, Natalie, like, abandoned her car with me. She drives stick. I don't. Mm. never have really mm. and she's like just drive her to the start and you drive into ithaca with a stick shift for the first time ever that sounds was, great i, I mean was, it's pretty flat so it should be yeah a lot of red lights <laughs> a lot of like you know, a lot of red you lights. don't think the people of ithaca can get mad but a lot of red lights yeah. on hills mm-hmm. it was yeah tough drive uh but yeah, even before many on the Jenny. So I went to Kentucky. The Scott part thing was cool. Probably, I don't. Has, are you gonna have Scott on? Yeah, I think. Well, he was on right before he went to that. But you're gonna do one. Yeah, like a post. I think we should. Right. Probably, but yeah, anyways, it's worth talking about. I can talk fun. about it too. It would, yeah, I mean, you were there, right? Scott's race. But anyways, yeah, I'll just. Uh, so Warhammer 100 down in Kentucky. It's the second year of the race. Second year. I th- I think it's uh, so it's super small fields still, but I think the the RD is awesome. He knows what he's doing. He's got a f- nice series down there. Um, last, some I can't remember the name of their company. Last chance, next opportunity, next opportunity, events. whatever the hell. Yeah, um, close enough. Uh, super <laughs> nice chance. guy. Last chance events might be <laughs> yeah. our company that I know, we right? start right after this. Him and uh, I think it's him and his wife. But anyways, they, yeah, they got a, a couple like more well-known races, but Warhammer, um, small field, point to point. Uh, hits some. It starts in the Red River Gorge, super okay. like climbing hotspot. A lot of like thousands of bouldering. Yeah, people. that's what Scott said. It's yeah. all about climbing, all climbing down there. All climbing, uh, and really like cool to chill. And because there's climbers there, and there's like young people there, and millennials and shit, and people that saw like free solo and started climbing <laughs> and have money. There's also places popping up with like good beer and good food that I'll right. eat and. Uh, so that was, yeah, that was a, a nice little perk. Um, but the race itself, I, I thought it was really good, and I think it will grow, and I think it's, like, a really good option for as much, I think as much as, like, the name and the idea and the subcultural nature of it at this point might scare people away. I think it's a good first 100-miler for a lot of people. Uh, AIDS seemed really good. There was a lot of rain, but like it still didn't make it unrunnable. There was a lot of mud, but after, I think after doing Palmer's Ponds this year, there's like I don't think I'll ever worry about mud during a race again. Uh, 
like it's yeah, and I you know granted I only ran like 18 miles of it uh, the the muddy spots seemed pretty runnable Scott was running really well over them um, there was these weird like uh, like knee to waist deep pools of water like every 20 feet on the course you could like I think we were really fortunate to be out front because probably like 12 hours later it was a disaster but uh it was still chewed up enough to where like if you try to run around them you just slide sideways into them so we everybody I think settled into just running right through it so that was probably pretty taxing after like 80 miles but um there's a lot of like super runnable parts I actually was talking about going down next year and doing it. Yeah, uh, well, you could do that thing like like Meltzer and Jarek where you go down and you help Scott get the course record yeah. and win, and then Scott comes down and helps you break his course record. Yeah, and he could, like, Scott could rent an Airbnb for me with the hot tub again. <laughs> just, just do it like that. I mean, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he, like, it was It was a really good uh, crew. I'm, I'm enjoying crewing for, like, responsible older friends, like, Hobbs at Western and Scott and uh, Dobbin, where I've had a chance. It's like uh, I go to play. If I travel somewhere, there's like nice accommodations typically. <laughs> Whereas I feel like anytime anyone's come, come anywhere with, with me to a race, it's like I yeah, was we'll maybe oh. sleep in the car. <clears throat> come on. Who, who who doesn't like hitchhiking to a race down in Texas? Yeah. yeah. That's perfect planning. Yeah. I love so, that guy. Yeah. yeah. So. I don't know. You've told, you've had to have told the Bandera story on the podcast, right? About Damon? Yeah. Yeah, I think I did. You've had to have. I mean, I know I've heard it, it at least I, I wrote twice. about it. He's the, yeah. Um. But anyways, I guess I would ask in the, I, I heard you mention something about Bandera again, perhaps. Well, last night? Yeah. Yeah, we drank a lot. What did I mention? I was, I was talking about... <laughs> Damon and his leg. <laughs> no, no, no. leg. <laughs> no, you were saying you're older and wiser now, and you're pretty sure you're going to want to go back to Bandera at some point before you're too old to run. Did I say that? Yeah. No, I just made all that up okay. now, but I, doesn't it sound good? It sounds, yeah, it sounds like something I would have said. Okay. I'll go. Yeah, if you go with me, I'll go. <laughs> Down to, well, yeah. you know, I almost went out to Utah, right? And that, that didn't happen, so now I'm looking for some spontaneous trip. Who was that for? Well, Mart was going to go right, to Mart you, right? For, so, yeah. but um, that would have been weird because that would have been Ron and I road tripping across the country. That would have been most. That would have been more entertaining. Oh, were you going to go in the yeah. sprinter there? Yeah. Okay. We're going to do that uh, down to Grindstone now. So he's going to that too. Yep. So we're going to ride. Maybe. We're going to ride the 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 goat mobile. Lando, yeah, I'm like Lando van. Super on the fence about the Grindstone versus Philly thing. Um, it seems like good groups going to both. So so few people <laughs> weigh and debate, should I run a marathon or a 100-miler? Yeah, it's just a weird, like I always said to myself, like Philly's the only marathon I ever wanted to do. It's the only, like, bucket list marathon of mine. And I don't even, like, I like the Eagles. I'm a big mm -hmm. fan of mm -hmm. Philadelphia as a city. Um, a lot of character. My favorite boxers are from Philly. My favorite movie boxers are from Philly. Um <laughs> My favorite sports teams are you all mean that. Joe Philly? The yeah, exactly. Boxer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so I, like, I'm inclined to do that. But I also, like, I've only run a few marathons, and they, they fucking hurt more than mm -hmm. other races. Mm -hmm. uh, and I always said if I, like, do another one, I'd want to 
to actually train for and try to go like 240 something um and i think philly would be a decent course for that well you you spontaneously came down to dc and ran a 255 right yeah yeah and that's not like not a pr friendly course i just i ran with the there was some dude with a fueled by bacon shirt on and i ran with him like that seems like i was like this guy's not gonna beat me and then he like there's like a split where you, if you're doing the half you took yeah and he just disappeared and well I see like, i almost got i almost got passed by a slice of pizza okay yeah like there was a little girl yeah. late waving and laughing and pointing i mean i'm doing all right here and uh and then i turned to go to the full marathon course and i looked behind me and there was a slice of pizza like three steps behind down me. on you yeah cool. luckily yeah. i made the turn and he went to the finish line yeah that could was close do some damage i think <laughs> psychologically if you like a goal race and someone yeah. dresses pizza yeah uh, anyways bacon shirt guy bacon shirt pulled yeah. you so, to a 250 yeah he did and i was like well, i'll just run with the lead female and then there was like uh if you remember the it's like a hill that you hit and it goes I think it's going through like a park. Yeah, yeah. I saw a girl uh, pull down her shorts and take a poop by the tree. And yeah, was that like, was me. I was like, <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> I was like, clean up after yourself, lady. Yeah, you know, and, curb your dog. But it was a good climb, and I like so I was with the lead female, and like she didn't seem to want anything to do with that climb, and I just wanted to be done with the race. And then like halfway up, the lead wheelchair racer was there. And he was just like straight. He was like starting to roll backwards, and he had some dude like yelling at him, like uh, Dusty Olson style, like, you know, don't fucking quit, get the fuck. And I ran by him, like, oh my god, uh, you want to be somebody? Yeah, it was ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, so it's not a PR friendly. Car. I'd like to. I would like to hammer a, a f- you know, relatively for my ability level fast half mar- or full marathon before I like, too age out of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. but then like. This year has been just about training and volume and enjoying being able to do miles again. And I, so I have a base that's probably sufficient for grindstone. Mm-hmm. Um, so that makes sense. But I've also gotten such mixed feedback about grindstone that mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm know. not. I I, I got to tell you, I'm. It's not something I would go down and do. Yeah, myself, I'm, I but. struggle like a lot with the races in that region, like. Some of the toughest runners I know are like, don't fucking do it, it sucked. But then some of the runners I know that are like typically road runners that will go do them and be like, yeah, it's like a pretty chill course. Well, I, I like to go down there because you get a front row ticket to watching Jamie Hobbs run. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really yeah, that's where I go. I like get a going, front row seat, you know. Yeah, going to races with Jamie is good. So yeah. there, there's that. But I mean, the thing about Grindstone that's always weird to me, I think, and I'm speaking strictly from watching the race and the results and stuff, is it, you got a 40% chance that a hurricane's going to come in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you that, know, like, like it's. It's still in a part of the most, I think like I'm pretty comfortable in most social situations, but it's in a part of the country that I still like it. Like in Kentucky, there was eight stations we went through that I was like way too gay for them to not be like, what the fuck is wrong with this Yankee? And I was like getting that vibe. Um, so it was like, I don't know. I, I just maybe I just need to be more comfortable and accepting of uh, my of the southern, people that are southern counterparts. <laughs> yeah, uh, 
and then like a lot of like the the religious elements of those the less accepting religious elements of those areas have typically uh, had me you shying know, away. I've always had great times down at Hellgate. And yeah, it's always been great, even though it's you know Liberty University and all that. Like it's always been fun. People yeah. have been nice. I mean, Horton's a little bit of a uh, you know heckler, but that's what he does. He's never. He's never heckling you personally. He's just heckling the idea of you as a weak runner. (laughs) In the name of God. Uh. No, I think it's like, uh, you know, it's weird. I mean, I I have found that um, going into some, just even going to some places that I haven't been in 10 years, the country is changed. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and whatever is in our mind of what a place is, I guarantee you it's not yeah. that. Like, yeah. it's absolutely not what you think it might be. Yeah, it was really interesting being in Asheville and staying with, mm-hmm. uh, like, you know, two people that aren't, like, they don't identify by a particular gender and they're, like, super progressive and um, they would go on about how, like, progressive and uh, comfortable Asheville is in that sense. But then with the reality of, like, okay, if you step outside of you know, city boundaries 10 feet in any direction, you could find yourself in an uncomfortable situation. Yeah, it's weird, but, man. Yeah. But the whole, everything is changing and shifting. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's sure. all crazy right Which is now. good. Uh, yeah. There's good change, there's bad change, and yep. it's, it probably shouldn't dictate where I go to run a, a race. Uh, well, no, now you got to go, I mean, you're going down, uh, one of your first races, one of your first ultras was down in Texas, right? I mean... You drove down to Bandera. Yeah, and it was, yeah, there were some weird stops. Um, but I, like, I don't know, I, I historically thought of myself as coming from farm families that still live in towns where, like, there's only straight white people, and that's it. Like, they're, I've always felt like I kind of knew how to navigate those situations, but uh, I've lately I've found myself in some some weird places where I'm like well, this is maybe it's like the Trump <clears throat> politics really just igniting a fire that I think we are all kind of stewing a little bit of where that right like everybody's got that little kind of undercurrent yeah us to, is, are we friends or are we enemies mm-hmm. is this hot is this hot or is this cold like I mean it's yeah all it's, I, like I don't know if you lost friends over the last election but I lost a few like and it wasn't even them like good like good on them like i was the d-bag that was like mm-hmm. like you guys are supporters of this t- despicable human being and i am so like weak willed that i can't look past that and continue a friendship with you so i was like you know and, which essentially is letting that style of politics win over that's exact right and that's it's the like whole, retrospectively i made a lot of stupid mistakes the whole goal is to divide yeah. right like not not of the people that vote but of the people pushing the agenda the goal is to divide and conquer and what yeah i think what's even worse knowing that if i had to do it again mm-hmm. i would do the exact same fucking thing nothing would change like i can't get behind men with daughters that will elect some dude that's like grabbing by the pussy and like I, dude, it was my I, I I literally couldn't believe that yeah. that once that you know we went through this whole thing we still keep doing it like and and you know I, it's gonna make some people uncomfortable to hear all this and that's fine but it keeps every time we kept saying aha this is the one now mm-hmm. we got him 
No, yeah. this now we got. Yeah, never, no, never now was, we got. <laughs> no, he's really fucking shot himself in the and like, no, nope. wh- like what's nope. Trump's I mean, fucking five k time? Does anyone seriously? We got like we got everything dude, back. The to stories run. of him cheating at golf, like the stories of him cheating at golf, are legitimately outrageous. Yeah. Like, like he's playing with a guy. Level. He's playing with a guy that is like really good, and the guy hits his shot, and it, and it goes up on the on the green. It's a shot of a lifetime. Trump shot goes off somewhere. Who knows? And the guy walks up to the green. And his ball's not there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, where's my ball? And the the Secret Service agent there was like, <laughs> your ball's in the, in the gut. <laughs> he threw it in the bunker. Yeah. <laughs> Don't try to contest it. No, <laughs> he picked yeah. it up and threw it in the bunker. Yeah. Uh, and it turns out the guy was like, he's not like Joe Schlub, you know? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> But anyways... So bad. So um, Asheville was good. Asheville, yeah. <laughs> Warhammer's yeah. great. You Warhammer's should run that. Good, yeah. But um, yeah, what's the deal with uh, what's the deal with going down to Texas again? Is that a thought at all? Yeah, but I, I think I would go back and do Rocky Raccoon instead of Bandera. Instead, instead of Bandera, and I think they said or Cactus Rose, which is the hundred mile that is on the Bandera course. Okay. Uh, but I still would rather do Rocky Raccoon. I think it's like a fast course. It's the fastest. That's yeah, where the 100-mile trail record is. Yeah, always I mean, set, right? fucking Mike Morton ran like 13-something there when he was like 200 years old. <laughs> uh, so it's, that's a quick course. Uh, and there's some fast ones around, like I think Umstead is quick. Hennepin seems to be pretty quick. Uh, wherever Sweeney goes is pretty quick. So but. would that be what you were looking at? So okay, so you're talking about looking at running a fast hundred mile. Yeah, but yeah. but that's the same. Uh, three breaths ago, you're talking about grindstone, which is not a fast. Is that fa- yeah, I don't know. If, I don't think it's fast. No, um, but I just know the horrible story of Scotty spending thirty one hours. That's what, and that's like Scotty is a huge <laughs> Scotty Jacob. He's a, he's a huge source of like relevant feedback to me because he's a better runner than me he's an, he's an older runner so but like he's always going to keep it I, real yeah like, i can like I could, if i beat him it's because i caught him on a bad day mm-hmm. and usually like i i think he sees a course in a similar regard as me but just from the standpoint of being slightly tougher mm-hmm. um so i really i value his feedback a lot and his grindstone feedback like steered me pretty far in the other direction yeah uh, in the same year, my friend Alan did it, uh, who I stayed with in Nashville, and um, he said he he loved it. He had a blast, but then, like, Alan's a guy that, you know, he's, he has gauged nipples. He split his tongue in his bathroom. He's, he doesn't feel pain. He doesn't respond to, to human sensations the way that I do, so it's, like, <laughs> less viable feedback for me. Uh, you're, so, you're just a little bit more sensitive. Yeah, that. so the grindstone thing has been tough for me. And then, like, last year, Mintz and Jamie were both like, let's go down and do this. And I was like, cool, I have still have a lot of health issues to work through. And then, like, I'm not without those now, but I'm, like, way on board with just ignoring those for the rest of my life and, like, running anyways. Uh so I'm, like, I worry less about dropping, what is it, like, 300 fucking dollars to run a 100-miler now? It's it's expensive. Yeah. Uh, it's been years since I tried to sign up for one, but it's I think it's still pretty expensive. Um, 
but I'm I'm less concerned about like signing up and then having to drop out because I feel like shit. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll just go do it anyways. Um, and that's grind for whatever reason. Grindstone's one that people I know tend to go do, mm-hmm. which is also convenient which for I'm, me. I wonder why that is. Proximity? You know? Do you think? Like Virginia, what? A, yeah, like right. what hundreds are that? I mean, it's not even close to us, but we have a couple in PA. Does I mean uh, Eastern States? Does that even still happen? It didn't last year. Is it happening this year? That's a good question. I haven't even paid attention. I should look into to that. It. Yeah, like uh, that would be cool. But again, that's not like that's more of like, am I going to survive? Mm-hmm. Versus like mm-hmm. maybe just before I turn eighty, figuring out like how quick can I run a hundred miles? Figure out how to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think? Well, do I like uh, so Twisted Branch is coming up. Um, and like way in the other direction from hundred milers in Texas, but I think it's going to be an exciting year for Twisted Dude, Branch. I have never heard you avoid a topic a topic so much as, as Texas has been there as in Texas. <laughs> yeah, um, you are you're planning a twenty twenty yeah. presidential. Well, we could talk this. about like uh, so the year I did Bandera was a pivotal year for I think the history and trajectory of ultra running as a sport. Like that race particularly, and I feel like there's a race report I wrote that was somewhere floating around on the internet, but it, like, at the time, Tim Olson was, like, you know, the shit in the sport. Uh, Sage Canada was becoming, like, mm-hmm. what Jim Walmsley would eventually become. It was a really weird, like, pivotal thing. But Olson ran the 50K that year after setting the course record the year before, and that was shortly after he had set the course record at Western. Um, he signed the North Face deal like a m- couple of weeks before Bandera 2013. And then here comes Sage, uh, like full on, just nukes that course record 12 months later. And mm-hmm. it's like, who's this fucking guy from Cornell? Right. Nonetheless. And then. Uh, he just, yeah, he, like, starts rampaging through the sport. And he's found a way, I think Sage is unique, and that since then he's found a way to stay healthy and relevant. And I think there's, like, few guys that go from that, like, track background, road background, and really, like, make a stick. Uh, yeah, how much does Sage actually race these days? He's racing, like, he's doing different, like, he did Comrades, had yeah. a decent Comrades. Yeah. Yesterday he did the Mont Blanc Marathon in like four hours uh, so he's running really well he's like when he goes to do Mount Washington he's like top two or three mm-hmm. uh, and he's running like it's I think that's rare like Dakota Jones similarly you think it's the maintained. V-Fuel? I think it's the V-Fuel the V-Fuel <laughs> too it's his plant based uh, but uh, but you had you were down there you had seen Timmy also. so yeah so I saw like Tim I ran with Tim and he won handily and then I saw Sage before and after the race, but um, didn't have much reason to think about it in that regard, except that he looked extremely fit. And uh, yeah, but that was like, hist- I think for like moments in history of ultra running, that was one of those like, we've moved on from this, the Bronze Age or the Silver Age to like the new era of fast track kids that are going to dominate right, the sport. They're going to come in. Uh, and then now we see that like yesterday at Western States with Jim and Jared Hazen and Jared Hazen, pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty a good. snake, man, just rolling in there. Course <laughs> record. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Shame about Eric Sensiman, though. Shame. I know. Didn't Hobbs almost beat him last year? 
<laughs> Almost. <laughs> he, didn't, he, he was like, you guys didn't tell me that Eric Sensenman was right up there. Yeah, I felt bad. I feel like if we had said that, he would have really found a, a fire deep down inside. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But maybe uh, then someone would have been like, Eric, this fucking guy Hobbs. Is <laughs> Eric, Jamie, a yeah. guy with a girl's name is <laughs> coming after you. Jamie Hobbs, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, so that was cool. But anyway, like, Twisted Brand, like, you're probably, as the local voice of trail running, probably pretty excited about as, Twisted as, Branch. As the, yeah, that's my fangirl race. Yeah. yeah. I love Twisted Branch every year. I think it's a, it is a, uh, it's a celebration of, this area's i mean it's it's everything that this area is kind of about right yeah. hard work right scott mcgee works super Does hard work. to, to make that race happen yeah like the cast of characters behind it like scott yep. bertrand laura mm-hmm. uh, everybody that goes in behind and just fucking grinds it out i think right. they're like all super the volunteers warm. come from really from rochester and that's one of our big struggles has been to try to figure out how we can establish a base down in Hammondsport mm-hmm. where there are volunteers from. I mean, we get some really great volunteers from Hammondsport. Brewery of Broken Dreams, Springs Beer. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's awesome. But, like, it's Rochester people that go down and volunteer at the race, right? Run the aid stations. Blue Foundation's got now a whole aid station. They're from Canandaigua. Yeah, they kick ass. I, yeah. Last year, I thought they were like a super yeah. strong presence on the course. Yeah, and, and uh, so that's why I like it. It's it's and it's you know as we say, it's brutally beautiful. It's right? beautiful, like, and it's like uh, I think it, like locally speaking, the competition's really cool every year. It's mm-hmm. like you know with Jason coming back and Dobbins coming back now for lack mm-hmm. of a better ticket option. <laughs> um, and then up front, like the Sweeney, the history of Sweeney at that race is becoming really cool. For anyone that like cares about long, long distance running locally, it, uh, it's a cool. I think a cool history to follow. Yeah, it's uh, really great to see him. Like, you know, he blew up the first year. Yeah. Right, and then to see him slowly learn and slowly, right, to see him <laughs> quickly, uh, but year over year learn. The subtleties and find extra minutes on that course. Yeah, he's pulling them out of nowhere too. I remember, like, I was telling Dalvin earlier today after we ran together that the um, I'd crewed for Scotty that year because it was like right when I got sick and um, had dropped out of the race. But like, so I would be at the aid stations, and Jim would come in, and then Heffron. Rich Heffern would be, like, three steps behind him all day. Yeah. And the look of, like, confusion on Rich's face. Rich is, like, this beautiful, elegant... He's, a like, a runner that you see, like, in your yeah. dreams of being a good runner. Yeah. It's like, I want to be Rich You're Heffern. You're like, he's, oh, how many, how many percents of body fat yeah, he's, are... Yeah, he's charismatic, like, he's charming, yeah. he's beautiful, yeah. and, he's like, nice, everything yeah. about him is fucking flawless. And he's fast as fuck, too, which is, like, no joke. But then... Sweeney, who's just like the definition of hardworking, getting gritty. it done, just gritty dude, just barreling through and like watching Rich try to hang and yeah. successfully hanging for a while. But then Jim just found it somewhere to like open up and just get, he's such an impressive athlete. Uh, yeah. It's and you mentioned Umstead, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. His Umstead, his Hennepin is 14 He's had a pen. Four? I could be saying was that it? wrong. But yeah, he's had he's gone like close to 13, I think, at the yeah, distance. I think that was Umstead. Yeah. Um, 
But um, yeah, you know, it's funny. Whenever we get together, we, we, this conversation can either go one of two ways. One, we get all like self-navel gazing and just talk about our running and everything that we're doing and why mentally we're never going to be right <laughs> and, <Yeah. laughs> and how terrible we are, and, but how great it is. Or it's going to go the other way where we just talk about everybody else. Yeah. And I'm it good, seems like, I'm seems like today both. you're not so interested in talking about Mike Welton. So. I can be. I can talk about me. but I, Well, I've like, already asked you twice about Bandera, maybe even four yeah, times. I'm not going to do it again. Fair Mike Welton question. Uh, the, <laughs> that's all I got in my notes. Yeah. So I was <laughs> like, says, what about Say Bandera? something about Bandera. I had my own notes. I just didn't bring them. Uh, <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Pepper. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't bring your trapper yeah, keeper. Get wasted. Um the uh dude I actually the trapper keeper came up the other day. Yeah. I want one. And the I don't know if they're around. I had one with a fucking unicorn on it when yeah. I was like twelve. I had a transformer. Took a lot of beatings over Transformers day. Trapper Keeper. Yeah, that it wasn't that masculine. But I like yeah, well, the Transformers. Maybe but. Transformers are non gendered. Yeah. They just have That's deep true. voices. Exhaust pipes and shit. <laughs> um yeah, yeah what, Trapper Keeper see. would be tight. Almstead, fourteen thirty nine, but it was two years ago. That was his crazy one. But that's not his PR. Fourteen oh seven. Second f- place was fourteen oh seven. He's got a faster one on there. Yep, yep. Somewhere, let's see, where is it? Is, yeah, hmm. I don't know. I'm looking. There's Manitos thirteen nineteen. Yeah, it's like less of his thing, I think. Yeah. Well, Twisted Branch, he's his whole goal is to win the prize money, man. He wants he wants to win that that the prize bonus. money for going under yeah. ten hours. Yeah, he's got I, like if we both break it, then I. <laughs> <laughs> what do we do? Just fight? Uh, no, he'd probably beat I, the fuck it, out of me. He's, you know he's what? His legs. If you also break it, I think Scott would Scott would take up a collection. To I would want Scott to give me money for breaking thirteen. To be like <laughs> this, this fucking kid just. Like, yeah, he, came, he won't go away. He came from the grave, and yeah. he finally broke 13. The, the race, I just can't figure out how to run. Um, yeah. uh, oh, Sweeney's got a, a 408 at Menden. Yeah, he, when, what year was that? That's 2013. Okay, so he beat me that. That was my first 50K. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I think 2013, because it was uh, up front was Cole, yeah. Moloski. There's, Mike, there's e- Mike Weldon, number Dobbin, nine. Uh, yeah. Ian Golden was... Yep, you got, you got it all laid out. It's I think Cole, I have that all memorized. Cole, yeah. Jim, Davin, Jim, Ian Golden. Yeah. But I bet you don't have number six. Um, that was not the year you seen DeBoon was there. No. Nope. It was... I remember that was the year that Dan Ward was behind me, and I tried to take my tights off and fell naked onto the trail, and everybody was, like, running by, like, yeah. cool scrotum. <laughs> <laughs> Hanging, hanging brain. Yeah, on yeah. The trail. I was like the bat wing. Uh, no, it's uh, Tim Unrath, dude from Baltimore, was sixth place. I don't remember. Hobbs yeah. also like made a big yeah, push. but then but then Tuig was seventh. Ed Housel and then Mike Weldon. Ed beat nine. me. That, okay, yeah. So, and Ed, Ed was what like sixty? There? Ed, it's like the ageless fucking wonder. That guy, he's an icon. He's been running Can Legs fifty since it was a Western States qualifier. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Um. He's, he was 54 that year. Yeah, holy shit. Yeah, I distinctly remember how. Scotty like, Jacobs was there. You beat, oh, was he really? You beat Scotty. Scotty finished. Dan, it was. Uh, Dan Ward beat. He was right after me, right? Yeah. Mike Weldon 
439 11. Dan Ward, 439 36. Scotty Jacobs, 442 39. Yeah. I can and then Bray, Bray rolled in at 453. Oh, right. Did he run the whole course? Did he? <laughs> Uh, is that the for loop up? <laughs> you know what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He'll get that joke. I Hopefully. know he will. <laughs> I love Mike Bray yeah. more than most others. Oh, he's good. That's good. Oh, sick burn. Uh, Joel Sisney is in that race, 512. You know, Joel Sisney was... Uh, Responsible for part of my current, uh, the most recent running resurrection. You know, Joel Sisney is the best. Okay, I won't say the best race director of all time, but I will say the best pre-race orator of all time. <laughs> is, and yeah. possibly like the greatest person on He's the planet. Fun. He's, He's amazing. Fun. Yeah, I love that guy. Um, so I was at Cayuga, right? And so I was starting to feel better about my running. And I'm like, hey, I'm kind of doing this thing. And... It was great. Um, and then I was at Cayuga, and I was like, you know, I think I just might stay in Ithaca tonight. He's like, well, you stay in Ithaca tonight? There's a 10K tomorrow. Tortoise in the hair. Sounds about right. You know, yeah. talked, me, talked me right into it. So, And then uh, you were resurrected? Well, I stayed up all night drinking beers with the Egans. Yeah. And then, yeah, got up. Uh, uh, Amy uh, Lopata, Grace gracefully lent me her campsite and so i stayed in uh, i had my tent and everything so i I slept in luxury and i woke up and uh yeah i ran the tortoise and a hair 10k so that's pretty your way. do they separate it like uh run rabbit run no like it's uh it's tortoise because the first two miles is well you do a loop around a park which is a mile and then the next two miles is straight up the climb, up the service road. Mm-hmm. Instead of going up the falls, you're taking the service road all the way up to the top. You do a little lollipop, and you run back down the same yeah. trail. So it's tortoise going up and hair coming down. Okay, that makes sense. And uh, Rich Heffron was there. Did he win? He finished second to his friend named Sam. And Sam... Is it Sam Morse? Oh, Sam, I don't know. Sam is super fast. Sam is what his name. Sam is. Morris won Water Gap one year with like. No, this this is a younger kid. Oh, okay, yeah, Sam Morris um, was like forty, I think. But. No, but boy, oh boy, yeah, he was fast. I saw those guys coming down. I'm like, I gotta get out of the way. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was good though. Yeah, it was Rich really fun. Um, yeah. Cool. So, anyways, hooray for Joel. Yeah, hooray for Joel. Love Joel. Everybody listening that's looking for bomb-ass races to do should do Joel races. Yeah, go do Tom B. Straight up Tom B is like a legendary yep. race. But there's a lot of options. They got a marathon there. They got 13K, they 26K, yeah. Yeah, 52K. Like, right? um, Joel would let you probably do a mile if you wanted. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yep, I'm a big fan. Big fan. Unapologetically. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so, so Twisted. And then I think that, like, uh, so you got Sweeney... Uh, up front and i think michael himes will likely be there now he backed out of western and i I feel like not enough people are familiar with himes or have followed his ascent into the ranks quick post post 40 just like flying up the rankings yeah Uh, probably would have done really well at western um but i think he's 
He's someone that could could linger around Sweeney for the whole day at Twisted Branch. This is so silly. Ultra sign up. Okay, so here's why you should not care about your ultra sign up score. I'm trying to get lower. Or the the algorithm or anything. They got Sweeney listed here as a target time of 12.03. Yeah. The guys run the race the last three years near 10 hours. What's my target time on there? Oh. August 24th. (laughs) (laughs) Move. It's just like the picture of a watch, the Garmin warning. That's like, (laughs) get the fuck Um, out of everybody's way. Let's see. Let's see. Um, They got Rich Heffron at a 1057. Oh, is he signed up this year? Yep. That'll be awesome. Davin at an 1125. Um... Michael Himes at 11.53. Um, Miloski at 12.01. Sweeney at 12.03. Ian at 12.14. That's right, Ian's running it. Weldon at uh, right below Seth Almakinder at 12.34. You're at 12.39. Yeah. I don't know if I, I can beat Seth should. at anything like under 100K, but for some reason he's like aging really can, well in the I, distance. He's placed in the top five in this race yeah, it's every year every year and you know like every single year well it's just it's his home course and he runs well yeah he's a great runner and he's yeah. awesome so dude. i mean if we if you look at that race i mean and there's mince is at 1205 so yeah if you look at this race of these top ranked people um brendan glover from corning so I don't know, uh i don't but i know that eric boyce texted me today like because he was talking about coming down to watch Twisted Branch and maybe pace mm-hmm. if I needed a pacer because mm-hmm. Davin is now doing the race and won't be right. pacing me. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, Sweeney could be pushed up front this year, and he's like, he looked at it and was like, by uh, Glover. And I think usually Eric knows runners pretty well, uh, so I'm yeah. assuming that this guy might mean business. But I think, like, without knowing him, and this is horrible because I, I make really bad pr- predictions for race finishing without knowing people, but I think that, like, Sweeney, Heffern, Himes, Davin, uh, and Mintz could be, like, a totally reasonable top five there. So Brendan's only got one um, race on ultra sign-up, one result, and it's a 320 at the 2017 Sega Honda. Is that good? Is that, I can't remember. Yeah, 320 is pretty good. What Like, what are the winning times for theirs? Just under four, Okay. usually. yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and somebody will usually go in mid threes, but, yeah, yeah, under four. So, yeah, if he's done distance, then that could translate really well. Well, we'll see. I mean, he has no other race results. He's a wild card. Yeah. And then there's always, like, six fucking kids on the bottom of the list that Mm -hmm. are going to show up and beat the shit out of me. Yeah, I mean, that's that's always the way it's going to be. You just got to deal with that. Yeah. Um, but that should be an exciting race for you to watch. Anyhow. I I love it. I because I do the timing. I love yeah. going to. I'm I'm all over the course, so I get to see the whole race. I yeah. get to see the beginning, people, the end. I see the whole damn thing. Yeah, it's by far my favorite race. And you got a finish line on the beach. Yeah, it's a nice with, finish with good, beer good and food. really whole foods, delicious whole foods prepared by your special lady. Yeah, yeah, she does a good job. Yeah, yeah. Natalie does good work. Um, the beer's good. I love I love that the IPA is called Good Enough. And we get a ticket there now too. <laughs> so I gotta <laughs> I'm gonna have to remember to actually sign up for the 
It's a lottery. Yeah. yeah. That's a thing you got to put your put your name in, right? And now it's a yeah. Western States qualifier. Mm-hmm. We Which I heard I heard today that Oil Creek is no longer Western States qualifier, mm-hmm. which is wild to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do I think that if there's going to be non hundred milers that qualify, Twisted Branch absolutely deserves to be one of them. Yeah, and then you got Laurel Highlands, which I think is magnificently easy compared to Twisted Branch. Yeah. That's just I guess I just wonder why they had to take one away in order to give it to Twisted Branch. Yeah, I don't know. Like I. I, like, why did you have to take away Oil Creek's qualifier in order to make Twisted Branch qualify? I wonder if they're, like, just trying to, to like, yeah. s- you know, lessen the the size of uh, tickets in the in the band. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. Who knows? I don't know, but uh, Scott Pyre's registered for Twisted, too, so. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, what, like, perennial top five, six, seven? I don't know he's ten. top five, six, seven, but he's up there. Yeah. yeah, he figured that course out way before a lot of us did. Yeah, he had sixth place last year. Yeah. His, I found his secret, though, in the woods of Kentucky. Oh, in sixth place two years ago, too. And it's uh, positivity. He's That's, unflappable. Yeah. I, he was like, there were things that occurred that would have, I would have been enraged. I would have been mad. I'd stop to take a shit. I'd do anything to stop running just out of anger. And he was just happy as could be the whole time. He, he tried to get mad once. He, like, kicked a rock, and he yelled some cuss words, and then was like... That's unusual. It's like, oh, I was <laughs> tried to get mad for a second there, he's but like, oh, he's like, I feel mad. so good right now. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Yeah. But that's it. So I'm going to try to, like, channel some of that, because that's not my strong suit. Positivity, Positivity is not my thing. No? Not on the course, no. I mean, love for your fellow human. Yeah, love for my fellow man, a life yeah. of service. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to be better about that, helping people move and things like that. Yeah, we did good yesterday. Yeah. I felt like there was a many hands make light work situation, yeah. you know. Confucius says. Um, there so, was, th- speaking of the life of service and yesterday and conversations today, I had thought of this idea. You know, I know, you're, and you're one of these people in... Uh, when you get into a rut with your running and you feel like you just can't get it balanced and you're like, I can't get, so you need a couple of gears moving all in sync to be an effective runner. Like, you know, I can't be 40 pounds overweight. I can't drink 12 beers a day. I need to at least get out and do these things. And I think I'm seeing a lot more of this now that I'm one of, now that that I'm a sufferer. Yeah. So I'm (laughs) thinking like, what, there should be like some sort of like support community that's tangible and doesn't happen on Facebook with the fucking emojis in which people that like can't get their shit together and get their, uh, get their running or their biking or whatever back on track can meet up and have these conversations with a support network, like not AA style, but like in person talking about these things right here in the back room. So, yeah, there could be, like, so when I think about, like, so many of our injuries over time, I think, start to, at first they're very real, and then they start to manifest, like, emotionally transitioning to physical injuries, and it's like, maybe the ticket out of that is not venting to cyberspace and, like, banking on these intangible, shitty, stupid fucking responses from the masses, but getting into a room together and being like, here's my fucking problem. 
I, uh, I'm an alcoholic. Uh, I go through this every year. Like, I quit drinking for six weeks, started drinking again, quit again. I developed an eating disorder for two weeks before I'm on the Jenny, and then I got, like, the fucking flu because, go figure, you need to eat food. But <laughs> I All food is dangerous in yeah. some way, but... Yeah, I said, to I gotta lean up. Uh, and so I, th- I think there's this, like... There's a space for that, and when I think about, and I don't even need to name names. And anyone, there's people that will listen to this that could reach out to me and be like, well, "Hey, I'm interested." Well, in what this, I was going to say is, I, I I used to have that. My personal therapy was the radio show. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I would get together with Kendra every week, and then eventually get together with Sheila and Jen. We would just kind of hash it out yeah. and talk about running, and that was that was for me. That I love doing that, yeah. but. Yeah, what we should do is if there are people that are listening, as you said, they can reach out and drop me a line at Chris at Running Inside Yeah, they get you track. I don't give a, like, it can be, we can do this in my fucking living room. I don't care. Put it together. Yeah. Yeah. So, because that's what, like, so something that I noticed that's not unique to your situation is that when you go off the rails with this whole thing and, uh, like, fall off um, of consistently running, you have the back door of being part of the community still via this radio show. Yeah, but there's there's this thing, and, and I don't mean to cut you off. Keep going. No, I, th- I think that's like a torturous aspect of it. So I have the like, and Davin was saying this today. Like when we go to shit, we have the luxury of not doing anything anymore to um, to be a part of this, mm-hmm. and that might not be the ticket. Maybe, and I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not a psychologist, so I don't know for sure what like what the best way to navigate these, you know, shitty spaces is, but um, it's way too easy for us to like back out. He's like, I didn't have a community when I was injured. I didn't have anything. I just kind of backed away into a corner. And then on the opposite end of that coin is like you, you know, a race director, a photographer here and there that like can stay super embedded in the sport without being able to partake in it. And I feel like, if but I that's look a at huge that, struggle. it's a, it's. A, I think it's worse even I, than not being part at all. Like, <clears throat> I don't know if I could do what y'all do, right. and like, and, and I've said to some other friends, like, I've asked people, is the podcast still good? Because there were some dark times where I, and and you've said this thing, so I've I've felt like I wouldn't call it a fraud. Right, like not a quite a fraud, but I'm like, oh yeah, you're doing that thing. You you were awesome that day. Tell me more about it. Wasn't that great? Isn't it amazing? Don't we all love running? And then in the meanwhile, I'm like, you know. But at the same time, like I think because my interest is genuinely in the person I'm talking to, like it makes it easier, yeah. right? Because it's not about my running. It's about their running, and it's about them. And I think that, in its own right, is very healthy. And I think that, like, also, like, it's super healthy if I talk about, you know, someone directing a race that would otherwise be running it if they were in the right physical space to do so and enjoy it. Like, at least you're providing those opportunities for people. But it's also, like, you have to sit there and watch people do what you want to do. And you have to embrace their joys in doing so without finding your own like authentic joy in doing it you're yeah. just documenting honestly i don't listen to running podcasts right now i used to listen to like four or five of them i don't listen to any of them yeah i never anymore. did i listened to a couple of walmsley ones because i wanted to have yeah. his child but i 
Otherwise, yeah. I just stay away from them. Uh, yeah, I mean, so, but you had said something to me once. Um, you had said it in an email when we were working up to Cayuga, and you had said it's, um, you know, we had already gone through Twisted Branch, and we were looking at the next Cayuga. Yeah. And um, you had just said, well, it's, you know, we had put together this really good plan, and you had said, well, it's time for you to go somebody from somebody that talks about crushing 50 milers to actually crushing a 50 miler. And I think about that every time when I'm feeling like, boy, how much am I doing here in the podcast? How much am I doing in running? Like, am I, am I just talking about it? You know, like I'm wearing this, uh, I'm wearing this garment every day of my life. (laughs) Has it just become a watch now? You know? And I do, I think about that. I, don't remember when this thing all happened. This thing that is now my new resurrection. Mm -hmm. Every time I run three or four times a week, I start feeling great about myself. Right. And I don't remember when that started. It could have been as much as like 18 months ago. It could have been a long, long time ago that this funk started. You think it was the consistency that led you back into feeling okay about it yeah i i think i feel better when i just go through the motions of running like even though i'm not training i'm not working hard i legitimately feel better when what i'm doing now is i'm actually looking for reasons to run as opposed to like oh i can't run today because i got these 17 things now i'm like how am i gonna get a run in today you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do it right now. Yeah. That's how I'm going to get it in. I'm just going to get up and go because I'm not going to sit there and think about all these things I got to do and try to figure out how to piece it in and put it last. Now I'm kind of going like, do the run. And while you're running, guess what? Your brain gets right. Yeah. And, and then you can come back and do those things. There's an old uh, episode of Tim Van Orden, who did the Running Raw Project. He's like master's perennial mountain champion, master's fucking sick ass trail runner he's like 52 he's fourth or fifth overall or something in escarpment last year awesome dude he was like the first runner that i found in 2010 when i became vegan and like wanted to know about being a vegan runner great dude but he was on an episode of the rich roll podcast in 2000 first 2013 maybe then 14 uh and the second one's more about like uh like emotional issues depression vulnerability things of that nature and he goes off on this bit about like okay so there's days i wake up and i know i need to get out the door and go run 20 miles in the woods there's four feet of snow i don't want to do it i don't i can't even like look at the ceiling and open my eyes what's how do we do this and he's talking about make like so the end objective looks so big right now that I can't get to it. He's like, make it as small as you can make it. He's like, mm-hmm. first thing I can do is I can pull the sheets off myself. Mm-hmm. Next thing I can do, get one foot out of the bed. And then he's like, before I know it, I'm in the be- I'm in the kitchen. I have a banana. Then he's like, ten steps later, I'm out the door. Ten miles later, I'm feeling amazing. I'm glad I'm doing this. He's like, if the end game is way too big for you to perceive you're going to fail every time but if you can make it if the, if the next step is truly like a, a mindful existence and you can just be in that moment and be like how small can my next move be you can essentially always do it yeah uh, and 
And the thing is, you know, all of the things, that was the other thing, right? It, well, it not was. I can't talk about this past tense. It's like it's like a recovery. Yeah, right? yeah. It's not done. I'm not, not, it's not good yet. Yeah. It feels better. But um, the all the things you say, right? Like get your clothes ready the night before. Mm-hmm. Put them right by the door, right? Like you know, get your breakfast ready. Make the coffee in the pot already. Put it on the top. Like do remove all of the boundaries remove anything that's going to be an obstacle yeah make failure harder than success and like just bank on like all you need is that one little ounce of who you actually are to get going out the door and then you can do it the main thing i'm trying to do is as soon as you have that thought act on it yeah i i'm gonna run go right there don't mm-hmm. question it don't don't sit around and go but what happens it no just do it just do it and that's like i'm so, so i've found since this whole like chronic fatigue thing has started like i'm constantly in this space of feeling like shit and i constantly feel like i have no power in my legs i feel like ass but i feel once i've actually gotten going running and like things are moving like it mentally it feels better to be in that space than it does to not be doing anything at all. There's nothing worse than sitting around like making excuses for myself feeling shit. And I did that for a long fucking time. I hardly ran at all last year and it was just because I was sitting around like just loathing myself. And I was going to exactly self-loathing. Yeah. Like it comes and what I would do, one of the most destructive things that I that I can do to myself is when I finally get myself out on that run Mm-hmm. I sit there and I spend all this time chastising myself about why I didn't run yesterday. Yeah. Right. Like I'm out there. I'm running. I'm doing. Yeah, you're thing, doing you know, it. And you're like, yeah. well, you fucking asshole. Like you could have mm-hmm. did this yesterday. You could have did it on Sunday. Yeah. And then what the hell's your problem? Like yesterday will never happen again. And who yeah. gives a shit and about so it? So why but, are you doing? Yeah. Right. Like so, you know, the brain is really weird. And like today, it, it was all the things. It was stayed up too late last night. Woke up a little bit too late this morning, mm-hmm. but then I went home and, you know, Summer was like, I said, oh, you know, I, I had to figure out how to run. She goes, I thought you were going to run this morning. I said, I didn't. And she said, well, then why are you here? Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> and so I just did it. And, and I was like, I think I'm going to run in the city. She's like, the city? And I was like, yeah. I'm going to go to Menden. I, I, I know it's 40 minutes away, but I'm going to go to Menden because it's going to feel good. Yeah. Um, and the first mile was crotchety and everything hurt. And I was like, uh, but then everything was great. Were the that. people there? No, no. Oh, really? I feel like Menden's always good if I'm like, want to run into people. I know yeah. There was nobody, nobody running. There was a couple, I went to Hopkins point side. So there was just a couple walkers, but then I stopped and I took pictures, man. And I was just running and I was like, I'm going to take a picture of those cool flowers. And yeah. I saw two turtles. Yeah. You know, I don't ever see nice. two turtles on a run and an egret, like mm-hmm. bonus egret. Yeah. So it was good. I wouldn't say though that like I'm working hard or I'm, yeah like training or like I'm going to do anything um, resembling a training plan, but I'm going through all of the motion. The bag is full. I could run right now if we needed to run, right? All my stuff is there. Mm -hmm. Shoes are in there. Shorts are in there. I'm ready to go. 
Um, and that's that's the stuff I'm working on now. Yeah, and I mean, sometimes that's the hard work. And I think, like, back, you know, if we tied this back to the start of the conversation, like, I think there would be value in at least a, a handful of people I know and the ability to, mm-hmm. to take these struggles into, like, reality and have real conversations with real people face-to-face. Like, what can I... And, I'd, you know, fuck it, it doesn't even need to be running. Someone could show up and be like, some other thing that I was using as a source of enjoyment in my life and I've fallen way off, can't get back into it, and here's why. I don't give a shit what yeah, it is. I don't but paint anymore. I yeah, don't I don't play the fucking, piano anymore. Yeah, exactly. It could be anything. But it's like, I think... I, I think about, like, and it, it's maybe come as a byproduct of my perpetual, like, you know, I used to be very active on social media, Facebook in particular, and then, like, years of being banned for just... I can't stand it. Uh, you're better well, off. Well, it's a thing. You're so I, now I check in, like, once a month, and my entire news feed, for better or worse, is people that are just talking about how they want to run again, but they're out of shape, they're injured. And I'm like, what, like, they got, you know, 86 thumbs up on a fucking post. And I'm like, that feedback's not helpful. That feedback is encouraging, supporting, reinforcing the act of not moving towards the solution. It's it's reinforcing the act of complaining about the problem. And I think that these are all wonderful people that should have available to them a system in which they can talk to real people in person and take some possibly like harder than normal feedback and try to to use it to generate forward movement and and that feedback that's harder than normal is oftentimes easier in person mm-hmm. you give that feedback on any sort of website and that's the end yeah right? exactly if you can't say like listen you spent 25 minutes writing this post but <laughs> there's your 25 minutes. Yeah. Go run. Yeah. You got a 25 minute run in. You can't say that, but you can say that in person. Yeah. You, you legitimately can say, what do you like summer did this morning? Well then what are you doing here? Yeah. Gu- I mean, you guilty know? as charged. I remember when this first started, I would like lean into the, the cyber realm of like phony support and be like, Hey, I feel like shit. Somebody like, and I'm, you know, I'm Somebody a tell fucking me it's okay. world-renowned sandbagger. Like, it's, yeah. you know, I'm perhaps the worst person at this. And I think that, like, um, to be, if I can be of any use to anybody right now in, in this moment, to be, like, you know, maybe offer up a, a support system and be like, hey, let's all get together and fucking chat about this. Mm-hmm. And maybe we can all find, uh, you know, forward yeah, movement. Yeah, so we should progress. do that. Somebody's going to listen to this. Somebody's going to like that idea. If you like that idea, you should email me, and I will yeah. gather up all the things, and Mike and I will figure out how to do this. Yeah, we'll put a date on the calendar, and mm-hmm. we can just sit around and have a real powwow. Yeah. For sure. I, absolutely. So do that. Email Do us. that. I'm looking at my inbox right now. Make it happen. I'm, I'm not looking at <laughs> your inbox right now. Uh, um, anyways, like other, what else can we, positively re- related to running, what else can we talk about? So here? I think what... Um, what social media is good for what so i don't have facebook installed on my phone i don't like to go out to the website does that work for you i know people remove the app but then i think i see them on their browser using so i go 
if I if it weren't for the podcast and if it weren't for the running community, I wouldn't be on it at all. I'd be done. I don't like it. I think it is dividing friends in ways that um, no, like nothing we've ever seen before. Yeah. Should we talk about the mountain bike article? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, we shouldn't. Trump, I think Trump style politics and I think that that's terrible. Yeah, I think I that too. it's I think that it's absolutely terrible to write that kind of article instead of saying, Hey, here's a problem I see. What can we do to solve it? And instead, you know, you say this group of people suck and we're better than them. Yeah, that's, like how many like, mountain bikers have ever shown up to a runner's trail group, uh, trail work session? Yeah, like and that. how many trail runner? I mean, it's just like that doesn't work. It's, right? It doesn't work. It's yeah. Trump. It's Trump style yeah. literature, and that it's group fucking silly. sucks. And we're better yeah. than them. And, and here's and why their short shorts are fucking stupid. And yeah. I don't like it. I think the article was terrible. Yeah. Um, but I think what it's good for, and the thing that I miss the most, is like the event we had yesterday, right? That event happens because Mark puts it on Facebook and says, here's an event. So without social media, we don't have that. We don't have the events. Yeah. That's what I'm missing. I'm I'm missing like, oh, crap, there was a, the group run on Thursday that I really wanted to do. Oh, um, you know, that piece is great. But people didn't show up at that move yesterday because the Facebook post was so compelling. People showed up at the move yesterday because of the people, yeah. right? It wasn't like, wow, Mort put a really funny picture up there, and uh, it's great. That social media post really moved me. It informed people that an event was happening for people that they truly cared about with other people that they truly care about, right? We're moving. It's a huge change in our life. We need to we're, – we're moving into a new house. Uh, can you please come help? Yes, we will, right? That's what it's good for. So the function essentially is like the bulletin boards of 2001 yep. where it's like the olden days, the old days. Yeah. It's uh, the, the idea that um, they're not sitting there. The post wasn't, oh, my God, the biggest thing of our entire life is coming up and we have no way of how to deal with it. We struggle often with things like this and we don't know what to do. You know, that uh -huh. wasn't what it was. It was, hey, moving day. That's yeah. completely different. Yeah. And I w like I wonder about that. And I don't have kids. I so I I uh, I look to you, friends of mine that do have multiple children and or a child, a children, to um, you know spell these things out for me. But uh, is there a link in the value of social media to staying connected and? an era of your life in which you're otherwise not able to be out physically connecting with people. So like has parenthood disconnected you from a tangible social life and then social media becomes a very valid and useful tool. I think that, and, and I'm speaking absolutely honestly, I think that that's a bogus excuse. Is that a cop out? I think so. Okay. And, and only because I'm speaking from my own thing. Yeah. Right. Like I am no more or less connected to people yeah. than when Facebook was there and I was on it every day. Like, yeah, people might see me at a run and be like, Oh, I haven't seen you in a while. Yes. 
you haven't seen me in a while. Mm -hmm. But what they really mean is, huh, you're not posting on Facebook as often as you used to. I do think there is a, and I don't like it, and I think it's terrible, but I share these pictures with family that is all around the country or something. There's a better way than Facebook, Mm -hmm. right? Facebook is, you know, I mean, it's that I can... I need to go to payday loans to get my check cashed because I need some money early. Like they're providing a service for you, but at the cost of your future. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think it's a cop out to say, I, my kids are not the reason why I'm not running. Right. It's, um, and I don't know. I, I think it's a cop out to say like, I'm not seeing people because I have a family. I, because the places I go, I see families, right? Yeah, it's like, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. Like as I have a, it's not, I won't say privilege because I think having children is a great privilege. I have a different reality that I exist within and it allows me particular freedoms that I don't think all of my peers are anymore afforded. But I th- like it, it comes back to like, what if there was some valuable, tangible, physical, real community solution to the problem of, I can't do a six-hour training run because I have kids. What if there was like a running community like, hey, let's all have our kids hang out somewhere and people can take turns watching them while different people go do, run and do their workout. And here's like a real community solution that doesn't involve sitting at the computer talking about, you know some politics or some bullshit. Yeah, and I think some people have that, right? In in close group friends, yeah. you might have that. But it's hard when all your friends are runners. Yeah. Because you want to go run with those yeah. same friends. And Natalie and I talk about that, like, if we have a kid, like, but there's going to be the obvious trade-off. Like, I'll watch them, you run, you watch them, and I'll go run. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if there's, like, an expiration date to that convenience, there's like a pitfall somewhere in there where I'm like, well, I need to do there six is, hours and you're only running 20 it, minutes. It's not a, it's not a date. It's a distance. It's an expiration exactly. distance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you watch the kid while I go train for a hundred miler mm-hmm. is much different than, uh, got to do those miles for the ALS 5k. Exactly. Yeah. And I like, I, I think that's part, like, I want to start moving towards, and it's important. I think that, the whole community like thinks about these things like how can we positively help each other move back into a space of positive positive like real uh social engagement as opposed to um just sitting around on the computer and what i around. what i think is interesting is when we're all together like yesterday yeah there wasn't a hell of a lot of phones out you know, no, not really. I, mean, I followed Western, like yeah, that was to, the reason to why a flaw. Was a Most of that. us were looking at our phones for that, but that's but that it. was it. But yeah. then we were using that as like there wasn't a whole lot of because I mean you're working, you're talking, mm-hmm. you're eating together, you're doing all the stuff. There wasn't a lot of people taking breaks and yeah. stuff like that. Um, I think it's the in between parts that we really gotta like work on and. For those that weren't with us, right? Like you said, there were people that couldn't do the move yesterday or. <laughs> That's the best thing I've ever done in your studio. No. So I think. I, think, uh, <laughs> I didn't just piss. Uh, I think the oatmeal's up there. I've been, I've been holding a fire in for like an hour because I'm afraid of what will happen in the sauna. Because if I rip ass. Yeah. We ever, we've all farted in the shower before. 
<laughs> oh, it's so bad. <laughs> Why does a fart in a swimming pool smell so terrible? Know. But the bubbles are so cool. Oh, but they're so, but they're terrible then. Mm-hmm. You see the beautiful bubbles, bloop, yeah. and then what happens? Yeah, it's chemi- chemistry, I think. <laughs> That's what I say. It's got to yeah. be something with the chemicals, the water. I don't know. It doesn't dissipate, so it gets concentrated. It's like uh, when you try to make a gas and you make a solid or a liquid. Was, I think that was a Sasha Baron Cohen. <laughs> But he was <laughs> like interviewing a chemist, and he's like, "So, what about when you try to?" <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to think real quick of like anything else that we need to hit on. It's been what 90 minutes. Just, I think the the huge. Well, I mean, the thing is. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about your running real quick. Real quick. So you ran really well at Many and the Jenny. Reasonably well, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, good. For you, reasonably well. By all accounts, though, from where you were at this point last year, you ran pretty damn well. Yeah, and it felt really good about it. Right, and you've done some big races, right? You did Twist It last year, right? And you're, like you said, you're still struggling with some of these things. Yeah. But you're running regularly. Right? You went yep. down to Asheville. You said you did an 80-mile week. You did 45 miles with Scott at Warhammer. You're you're talking about running hundreds. Do you, would you say that you feel good about your running right now? I do. I'm excited about it. I don't, like physically, it doesn't feel good, but mentally it feels great. And I'm, That's where I'm at. I'm excited to just, I think I've said this recently, it was just to like be training again and to have a goal that like, and maybe it was a matter of letting go of being who I used to be or who I thought I was. Maybe I'm not that far from what I was, or maybe I'm better than what I was, and I just have, like, some delusions of grandeur from my past that, like, I let's face it, I was never, like, there's always been better runners locally. I just had a lot of fun competing with them, and now uh, it's just harder to compete. Uh, but it's fine, because that's, I guess, the nature and spirit of competition is being pushed and... Uh, finding out what you got you know mm-hmm. but so yeah i'm like super excited for twist and branch i think that like closer to 12 hours is within the realm of reality i think that uh i think jamie and i had that talk yesterday and maybe that's what we'll both be like aiming for um okay and um so but you're like you said mentally you're feeling good yeah. And I think the most important thing I've learned is the mental part. Mm-hmm. You you have to be feeling mentally good because even if you're running fast, if you're not mentally there, you're going to beat yourself up for not running faster, yeah. for not doing something better. Oh, I should have had this for breakfast instead of that. Oh, I should have picked this trail instead of that trail. Why are mm-hmm. these shoes, right? If your mental game's not there and you just – when your mental game's there, you're just running. And you're like, yeah. huh, well, these shoes suck. Big deal. I'm still running, right? Like, well, so like, I think that what scares the shit out of me about investing in things like road marathons, like a fast, full road marathon. So you, the margin for error is so fucking small that, like, any, like, twitch of falling off track at an aid station and like drinking the wrong Dixie cup of something or anything can go wrong and you're fucked. Whereas like 
a hundred mile or something can go you can like take a nap and still kind of bounce back and get back to like where you wanted to be is that you mean in terms of pacing or do you mean like if you um had to stop and take a pee at a road marathon right you got to find a porter potty yeah that's so that's, that's the difference between your like you're fucking 240 and you're 242 or something is like right. did i have to take a shit did you know, and then if you're like good, which I don't in that field, I don't know anything about, but like that's the difference between like your Olympic trials qualifier or your fucking try it again next year. And that shit's brutal to me. That's so I th- then I think about like a uh, hundred miler where the margin for is so much smaller, unless you're like up front racing hard the entire fucking thing, which is super rare at that distance. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you can really fuck off and things can go wrong and then you have time to recover and bounce as back. As long as you believe you have time to as recover. As long as, yeah. Right? And, I, like, and that's like that the emotional investment in two short races is really petrifying for me. And I think that's where I see a lot of people that invest a lot in like 5K PRs, marathon PRs, that sort of thing. Like beat themselves up and get super upset about not being good enough air quotes yeah um yeah yeah i don't i don't love that like i mean my pace is nothing to behold right now and my distance is nothing to behold and the amount of hills that i walk are greater than the ones that i run but I feel good about my running, yeah. right? I feel good that I'm doing it. I've thrown out, and I might be, you know, and this is where you fight with yourself, I might be way too far the other way. Now I'm just, whatever, I'm out here. It's great, mm-hmm. la, la, la. Instead of being like, okay, now you're out here, do the work. Yeah. Instead it's like, well, I'm out here, oh, look at that pretty flower, I want to take a picture, right? I might be that way. But that could be really good for me right now, right? It could just be, I did, I was out in the woods for one hour. I got all my stuff ready. I I successfully prepared myself, (laughs) right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like a kindergartner. You need to, that positive reinforcement of everything good that you do. And and I think that once those, because your brain, right, it makes ruts, right? You talk about getting in a rut. That's literally what your brain does. It makes folds in your brain every Mm -hmm. time you learn stuff and habits and patterns and if your rut is constantly second guessing why you're not doing the thing you think you should be doing that's the rut that you're making in your brain yeah instead of like i did it today i did it there it is right um so i want to ultimately i mean let's face it i got five months till um philly and I don't even have five months till Philly. You got like a couple four. months, yeah. I got four months till Philly. So let's face it. At some point, I said this to Michelle Fanton this morning. I said, uh, yeah, I did um, 15 miles this week. I eventually got to get up to 26, but not in a week. In a day. <laughs> in, in a day. <laughs> but you've done... I think there's a benefit in having done the distance a thousand yeah. times before. Where I think there is. You're just like, at least yeah. that's out of the way. I think that's like a first-time marathoner thing where it's like, oh, shit, what if I get to mile 21 when I hit and the I don't wall. have five left? What if yeah. I hit the wall? Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I've already hit the wall. <laughs> is there like I'm a, sitting on top of the wall right now. Yeah, Humpty Dumpty. Is there a, 
Is there like a roadrunner or like fast race, fast goal race, emotional uh, equivalent to what you were just talking about and what you're like, cool, let me stop and take a picture. Let me enjoy the space I'm in. Or do we just get too attached to our goal races and the times that we think we're going to run? Is that like super self-destructive to care? You know, I don't know. I've never like... I've never looked around, even the DC Marathon. I was so busy running, like, yeah, we ran by the Capitol building. Oh, there's the Capitol yeah. building, right? Like, and you just go. I don't, I don't know. Is there like sightseeing? And I, I think about the Big Sur Marathon. Mm-hmm. If I'm gonna go do a travel marathon, I think I would do Big Sur. Yeah. Yeah. Runner's World says too. <laughs> I mean, they say to do Sagahunda too, which is like. <laughs> I would think that you gotta at some point just stop and stare at the ocean, like you're on the cliffs overlooking the the biggest ocean on the planet. Yeah, someone running like a two ten at Big Sur missing the point. Yeah, There's, I I don't know. I think. Maybe, but that's why we're trail runners. Yeah, but that, I mean, and that's also like so. I th- I think back to like Jason, the many and the Jenny, mm-hmm. who like if I had gone off course twice for the duration of each of those detours, I don't think I would have stayed in the race. And I'm nowhere near as good of a runner as him. He had every reason to justifiably bag it, not risk injuring himself, but he stayed positive, stayed as happy as you can be, and toughed it out and finished it. and i uh i think there's that's perhaps like the most respectable endeavor in the sport um, and he still finished 12th so yeah. everybody behind him that's the other part right everybody behind him thinks like whoa that dude did awesome mm-hmm. and i think we all have to understand where we all have whatever struggle we have during that yeah. race right yeah, and I think and it and it exists at all levels as much as I'm like naive enough not to like at uh, the year that Walmsley went off course at Western um, mm-hmm. when he was on course record like Sage Canada walked like 40 miles of that race and still finished 11th, finished like 18 yep. hours or something. Yeah, and uh, but those two were like slotted to trade one and two all day and. Mm-hmm. Um, but both tufted out through situations in which most people would have been like, what the fuck? Right. Right. And you change your, you change your goal at Mm -hmm. that point, I guess. Right. Yeah. I think goal. And maybe we've talked about that before that goals should be flexible, but maybe I'm getting like more daunted by that reality as I get older. Yeah. But how do you, how do you become the best if you let your goals be flexible? Exactly. That's a huge thing. Like, and then you think about like, so I, I've uh, I don't know if a lot of trail runners are like super into road following road marathoning and road mm-hmm. racing, but like I always wonder with elite like cream of the crop road marathoners, how many of those do you actually get in a lifetime? Like how ma- like even the most fit, best, most durable Kenyans, Ethiopians, Ryan Halls, like how many times can you run? 26 miles in two hours and five minutes and expect to have another one in the tank and then another one until you're like 40 like it's that's got to be a finite and best like it's it it is finite yeah because but like like destructive like we're in uh ultra trail running you see you know guys that are decent at the age of 35 can still be decent at the age of 50 and but you also see some people that are amazing 
not be runners two years later. That's true. Yeah. I think we're seeing a lot more of that, too. And there's probably a lot of podcasts that talk about that that I just ignore. Yeah, I don't listen um, to any of them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But I, I do think, like I said, I, my dial is... Uh, most certainly, by most accounts, my dial is way too laissez-faire at this point. Yeah. But in that flexibility of the goal, for me, the goal is when I have the thought, be prepared to act on it. Mm-hmm. Like have everything in place, have all your shorts ready, have your shoes ready, have like whatever it needs because when the thought happens, you have to go do it because that's where I'm at because that thought is going to come and if I don't act on it, the day is going to take it away, you know? So that's really where my goal is at this point. Mm -hmm. I got to shift that though soon. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You got to move forward with things. They won't, they won't let me do, uh, for, uh, what is it? They won't let me do nine, three milers at the Philly marathon. (laughs) They're not going to be like Chris, do three, come back. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be here all week, folks. But yeah, you should be fit. It's a, it's a long ways off. And at least you're not running grindstone. You're yeah. just going to hang out. No, going. That is, you know, I love crewing races, man. I love it. I'm I'm a little bit of a... Maybe I just love crewing Jamie Hobbs, though, honestly. Yeah. I'm coming around to the crewing thing. And I've, I've had, like, well, really good experiences. A, you know, Burning River was great. Right. I love crewing Burning River. I love... Yeah, I, I love crewing races. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. Real quick, like I let's so let's summarize this. Um, just almost nine. Uh, it's bedtime. When's this one come out? When are, when are we going to be out here? I don't know. As soon as my uh, get my act together. Yeah. How long right? do you? What's your turnover on these? Well, that's why I record the intro live. Okay, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm thinking. So in terms of training, I'm going to do a workout maybe t- once or twice between now and Twisted Branch. And I want to do, and I want someone to go with me because it's going to be a shitty day of driving. But I'd like to do a hill workout that hits all of the major climbs on the course and just do one, drive to the next. So up, down, just drive do to the next. Just do all the climbs. All the climbs. Uh, and maybe do it do it twice between now and the race. Well, I got to do that because yeah. um, I got to go check out the course. So Yeah, so anyone that wants to join me on that, get well, in. Well, you know, you know the only way you're going to be able to do that? That's by putting the event on Facebook. Yeah, and that's, I guess, why I'm bringing it up here so I don't have to go on Facebook anymore. Yeah. yeah. I'll just text the three people I know and be like, hey, guys, <laughs> what's up? And they'll be like, yeah. Uh, All right. That, well, you know, we'll wrap it up here. Yeah. I'll do a little the thing, and then we're going to do the other thing. Well, I told you I didn't know where this thing was going to go. So <laughs> it usually uh, ends up right right around here. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I just want to, uh, as you've heard in there, you know, June has been a really weird and interesting month for me. Um, so thanks to everybody who has stuck with the podcast. If you've unsubscribed already, you don't get to hear this message. So, um, but thank you to everybody else, all you Patreon folks. And it, like it was, like Mike and I said, if you want to do, uh, you know, the support group for runners thing and you want to uh, let's fix ourselves together in, in meat space and not in the fake space, um, send me an email at chris at runninginsideoutpodcast.com. 
Uh, and, you know, let's talk about that. Uh, keep in mind, the number one way you can always support the show is to tell a friend and help them subscribe. Thank you all for listening, subscribing, and telling your friends. Thanks for sharing your stories and getting out there to create more stories. Until next episode, be thankful for what you've been given. Be proud of what you've achieved and let go of what you've lost. See you out there.